0: Welcome to the Nifty Podcast presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all over the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2022 in Seattle, Washington. Today I'm here with the filmmaker of Wolf in Dudes Clothing, super excited to talk to him today. Um, Solmund, tell us a little about yourself.
1: Um, Yeah, hi, my name is Solmund, I'm 24, I'm from Winnipeg, Canada, and this is my first time in Nifty
0: amazing welcome welcome we're so happy to have you and what would you say is kind of the premise of your film if you just give the the listeners a little overview
1: sure i mean the title kind of tells all it's about a wolf <laughs> that finds a suit of human skin and uses it to become a guy
0: very cool um so going into the wolf in dude's clothing element which is one of the coolest things about some film, is kind of like the vfx and this visual i mean it kind of reminds me of isle of dogs kind of the Mm -hmm. way the wolf looks and i'm kind of curious just what was the process like creating that was that really daunting at first and then you found somebody just would love to hear more about creating that
1: yeah i mean a big impetus for the the wolf was that i wanted to try building a puppet like that because i'd never done that before and then as the movie kind of grew and i realized like oh this is a bigger deal than i thought i wish that i'd found somebody who was better at building puppets to do it but (laughs) Yeah. It was just, uh, it's, it's kind of just t- making taxidermy mm-hmm. into a puppet, which is a little bit gross and weird, but.
0: So you did it yourself. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you did it yourself. You're like, I'm going to dive into this. Did you watch YouTube videos then or like,
1: no. how well, did
0: you learn? I'm like, that's so cool.
1: I do props is like my day job. And so there's a lot of that kind building of thing. things. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay, great. That's amazing. It looks really good. I love well, the you. style of it. It's, it's really cool and unique.
1: I love um, dogs was a, was a reference for the.
0: Definitely like the eyes a little bit yeah. and the scrappiness. like he's <laughs> it's a great little, great little wolf he's his own character um so one of my favorite things about this film that maybe you wouldn't get from this basic like Wolf and dudes clothing is this metaphor for you know this concrete jungle we're living in or for city yeah. slickers that's what it's kind of referencing or you know this life in a cubicle this life that's kind of overly structured when we really are animals. Mm -hmm. You kind of talked about this in your intro, um, when you submitted it. And I'm just kind of curious, like what drew you to that theme and your thoughts on this world we live in being animals in this world. And just, I would love to hear more about the theme and your thoughts on it.
1: Sure. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I really think that we are just animals and we, we live in this, we live these lives that no other animal in history has ever experienced. And it's moving so fast and accelerating so fast and it's just kind of, i don't know it's it's crazy to me that like that the the housing market like the 2008 housing market destroyed lives yes. and that is such an arcane and opaque thing that we invented yes. and and it totally like ruined a lot of people's lives
0: yeah and like, you're like giggling cuz the film kind of puts it in a comedic note right yeah. cuz we have to laugh at it like we have to like great right? yeah. that's like i feel like we need comedians right now we need we always have because the world's always been crazy but i think like that seeing that comed comedy in it, that it's just, it doesn't make sense. This world we live in doesn't make sense. Like you're saying, we make it all up and it's just insane. And I yeah. feel like it was really cool in your film to see the wolf try- trying to experience that and how he was even kind of overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of overwhelmed by this weird world. Like, I don't know. I felt, I really liked just like seeing it through his eyes. It was cool how you messed with perspective and all of that. How did you kind of dive into... The wolf's feelings, I guess, in within this world. Like, what was kind of the writing process like with that?
1: Uh, it was written very quickly. It was written for a grant application, and the deadline was coming up soon. And uh,
0: the best way to write a film, yeah. truly.
1: I don't. I don't remember exactly. I I used to do this thing where, when I was feeling bad, I would drive down to the Canadian-American border before I had a passport, and just watch people cross, and sort of imagine like what life I could create for myself if I just started running and they couldn't catch me. And I was sitting there and I was watching people. Go over the border, and it's a very stressful process. And then, there, and then, a family of deer just like ran through a farmer's field nearby. Like, what the hell have we done to ourselves that we can't? That you can get arrested if you bring the wrong piece of paper here. And these deer are just going over. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think that, like, at at times, I've I felt very feral. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll <laughs> and end I. Of that. Yeah. And you you sort of I don't know when when you realize that that everybody around you is. It's just, a, I don't know, I, I sorry, I'm not sure where I'm going. Going that.
0: back to the, I know what you mean. It's like, it comes back to that animal element and just the, yeah. Like, I, I like that you're telling me about the deer thing, right? That's like, interesting how you see this, like, we live in the weird barriers, right? It's all mm-hmm. these different instances. You're seeing these weird barriers that we've created for ourselves and then seeing how much freedom we've taken away from ourselves, yeah. right? Like we've taken away all this freedom for what, right? Like what, like the sacrifices we've made to create this structure crazy world um really just loved the whole idea and the concept was really powerful to me i also wanted to kind of segue into the score um which i loved there was this like great build in the score as the the wolf is kind of overwhelmed in this life and obviously mostly overwhelmed that he's now living in a man's skin i think that was maybe the most the discomfort i imagine he was having Mm -hmm. was a big element but also just the society and like I love, I don't want to like do any spoilers, Yes, you all saw it yesterday at the festival, so, um, but yeah, like, when the kids come in, and the the wife, like, all these, like, when you see, start to see his life kind of growing in front of you,
1: Yeah.
0: and the music was a big part of that, just throughout, there was these really great motifs, and like, really kind of in your face, the music was very much its own character, and mm-hmm. I'm just curious, just like, what was your process with the music, was that kind of an end note, or did you kind of know you wanted to have this very orchestral... Um, climactic, kind of it feel like a big scale movie in some ways because of right. the style of the score. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I, I, I think part of it, part of it, so Vivaldi Four Seasons is the main piece, and then there's also a church um, hymn played on organ, and with with Four Seasons, the you, you don't have enough time in a short film to develop like a musical language to. Like, like in Mandy, there's there's the love mm-hmm. theme, and the love theme plays throughout, and then it gets twisted at the end. And you have this, you feel the moments from the love theme before, even though it's different, and now you can recognize the change more greatly, because you're reminded of before. You don't have time to do that in a short film, so you need something that is really recognizable. Yes. And so that was kind of why I wanted to go with four seasons. Because when it plays at the end, there's this, it's pretty long, actually, the, the sequence... Right before the boardroom in the living room and then in the boardroom mm-hmm. and and i think it, it, it would be boring if you didn't have this sense of doom and inevitability of like what is coming yeah. because you're reminded of his true state from the beginning of the film
0: yeah absolutely yeah it, it worked really well and I, I like what you're saying about you know being so aware of the short film medium like it just requires such awareness we live as filmmakers we love films that we <laughs> love watching features but then we come to it and we have to kind of put ourselves in these smaller boxes so we can actually create the things mm-hmm. that are realistic to create. Um, and I just, I think that the, the length was really good, especially because of the running, right? Like the running and the way the camera work was, was really suitable to this really fast paced, short film segueing into kind of the camera work. Um, did you work with a cinematographer yeah. and what was that experience <clears throat> like? And kind of like, how did you guys create the camera what was the camera rig like for that experience
1: yeah matt who shot it he works professionally as an operator and he's extremely talented and uh and we we just spent a really long time storyboarding like we that was the longest thing we did in in prep was we found locations really early months beforehand and then storyboarded around those locations and we spent yeah like a month and a half going through these storyboards and just Tweaking them and, and figuring things out. And I don't have very much technical knowledge when it comes to the camera side of filmmaking, mm-hmm. just because like, I come from the art department. Um, so I, I really relied on him to, like, this is what I want. How should we do this? What do you suggest? Yeah. And I uh, I don't really know how we did some of it, because I don't. Yeah. that's not what I was paying attention to. I, Which is
0: good. That's a yeah. good thing for a director, right? Also just to, like, have faith in your crew. Like, your yeah. crew knows what you're doing. You hired them for a reason. You saw something he had done. You know, you were... You had to put that trust, and that trust is... Also what makes the film come to life, right? Because the film comes to life when you let all these different artists do yeah. different things. And then all of a sudden it's everyone's artwork and it's so exciting. Um,
1: it's so collaborative. It's maybe the most collaborative art yes, ever. <laughs>
0: I think that's, that's one of my favorite things about it. It's, yeah. it's so it's the collaboration element and all the people you meet and... Um, yeah, I was curious also, two things. Okay, so first I'm gonna ask about Canada. So it has the, <laughs> the comedic elements in particular, which I touched on a little bit. Um, this film's pretty funny and, and it's little, it's like a dark humor, right? Dark humor, yeah. dark comedy. Um, kind of like, how does, it feels like it's in a different place. It feels Canadian to me as an American. Like kind mm-hmm. of how had, being from Winnebago, you grew up there, you told me earlier. Um, what kind of was the inspiration in your, in Canada, like, I guess, do you feel like that was inspired by where you're from at all? Like kind of the, the feel of it all?
1: Maybe. I do think that.
0: Or what was shooting in Canada like, or what was shooting, what was shooting on the locations like?
1: Right. Um, Winnipeg is kind of unique in that we, we were supposed to be a big city and then the Panama Canal got built and, and kind of destroyed the industry there. And so we have all this beautiful old architecture and there was a lot of investment in it early. Mm. um, But now it's kind of falling apart. And it's really sprawling because it's on the prairie, so there's nothing keeping it in, mm-hmm. unlike Seattle. Right. So, so you have this, like, every time I drive out of the city, I see a new development popping popping up, and and sometimes I'm like, who is living there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh,
1: so I do think that that like that kind of like urban sprawl and encroachment on 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 nature from yeah. from cities and that that is perhaps specific to Winnipeg, but not just Winnipeg. That that happens in a lot of places.
0: Yeah, cool. That makes a lot of sense. I think like. I like talking about the the way the nature and the humans are interacting, right? Mm-hmm. And like how that that definitely is the film very much represents that of like how much we don't really fit together in some ways, but we yeah. We
1: are the same. We are the <laughs> same, right? We but, are the same,
0: but yet they don't things don't fit because yeah. of the way we've created things. The yeah. way the world is, this weird capitalistic yeah. economy we've created does kind of make yeah, we're not really living in harmony the way maybe we should be.
1: Yeah. Right. There yeah. there is um so I made this movie, and I still think that people are animals. But I, I can't remember who said it. But there's a quote that I read, and it's it was like human beings are not animals anymore. We were, but we've become something much, much worse. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's true, but we've definitely done something bad. <laughs> <laughs> we've gone astray somewhere because yeah. people's lives are being ruined by by these things that we invented and we made them up.
0: Yeah, it's it's really crazy to to start to, when you start to think about when when and how. I don't know. I think I always think of like Ford, Henry Ford, right? Or like, I don't know. I think that, right. That's kind of the beginning, I guess I think of, I don't know if I'm intelligent enough to know for sure where it all started, but I think that was a big shift, like the cars, right? The cars are a big problem. We see that in Seattle a lot. We have a little emission calendar, um, one of these streets over here that says like the car emissions.
1: Oh man. And you're like, thank you Seattle (laughs) for
0: trying to remind me of the environment, but also not I don't love driving yeah. there. Um, is there any scenes in particular you want to talk about, or anything, or any scenes in particular that were really difficult to shoot? Like, what, what was what was the most challenging part of making this film? That's my question.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, making movies in general is is pretty hard. Um, it was, I mean, it's a pretty ambitious movie for what we were trying to do. Um, I broke my my wrist and elbow right before we went into production, so I was trying to build this wolf puppet with like my broken arm oh, in no. like the week the week before we went to shoot and then the production designer kitty Kerr, she's did amazing work on this movie and she was working full-time so she couldn't be there a lot of the time so i'm like trying to move furniture with my one arm into a u-haul oh, the night before God. we shoot um
0: that sounds terrible yeah I just want to counter that. The one time my car got stolen on the day of a film oh, no. shoot. <laughs> and that, that was like the worst day of my life. I was oh, literally, Jesus. went into the art director's house, came out, and my car was stolen. And I was like, okay, now we have to do the rest of this day. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, filmmaking is so fun. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. It's crazy. Though. I pay... So your arm's better now. That's good. It is. That's really good. But yeah, it's hectic. And you're moving furniture. That's insane. Like. Yeah. It's always got to be the worst thing possible. It's just that weird magic of film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know. If that sounds, it makes film sound bad, but
1: <laughs> but it, it is. It has a weird sense of urgency to it. Yeah. Even though it's like it's, it has to.
0: Like, the show must go on. It's yeah. It's scary. The show must go on. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that was the most challenging. Just dealing with your arm being broken. Well, and, then, and just
1: the yeah. I think making a movie with that many locations and that um, many people, and and sort of that many gags. Like there's a lot how of. How many things, locations are there? I don't know. <laughs> I did not really
0: think about it, but that is crazy. Like you always try. It's like I've been trying to write from a perspective of less locations, but it's hard because like places are what, to me, one of my favorite things about films is when you, every time you Mm. go into a new place, that is to me, such a big part of film is going to the new places. Okay. So I also want to hear what is your upcoming projects? Obviously you are, um, I also want to have you talk a little bit on the podcast if we have time about being a prop master, you do props. So I want to hear about your work doing props and how you got into that. And then yeah, what's next? Um, in your career, uh, your working career, and your personal projects. Uh,
1: hopefully, what's next is those two things becoming one. Uh, Woo. Right now, I'm, I'm mostly just writing. I think I'd like to, I'd like to make another short, but um, I don't know when. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, Hard relate. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that that writing is the thing that I like the most in terms of the filmmaking process. So I just want to focus on that for a bit.
0: Yeah, because it's like you just want to give it that time. I think that, like giving. You know, you hear about so many great films that are written in like five years, and that's mm-hmm. so hard to deal with, you know, like you have stuff sitting on pages and um, I always love thinking about uh, how you, how leaving the script and then coming back to it is actually a really good thing. Yeah. That's also an editing thing, right, where it's like you gotta leave it and come back to it. And that's actually one of the most important parts of the creative process is yeah. giving yourself that time to ruminate on things. Because you,
1: you forget what it, it, you stop seeing it. Once you've like, if you're editing it yourself, I edited this movie, oh, and wow. you stop seeing it after a certain point, and then yes. you have to. That's like what a test screening is for, I guess, ostensibly. But right. I, I don't know. I think it's really hard to, to like, get out of your own head after you've seen the movie, three thousand times yeah. <laughs> in so many different forms.
0: That's amazing. You edited it yourself too. You did so much of this yourself. Um, what was editing like? Were you editing in Premiere or what, yeah. yeah? And yeah, what was that process like? Kind of what was. Because obviously, you probably were teaching your... Are you, how long have you, have you edited before? I have, yeah. Okay, cool. So then, um, what was kind of the creative vision or style for the editing?
1: Um, I, it was kind of... We kind of edited it in the straightboarding. Like, I knew at what point cool. each shot would be coming, coming in and out. But it's still... Like, you don't get something on the day. You have to change things, of, of course. Mm-hmm. And so, there was still problem solving. And it took a long time because <laughs> I would go to there were a few scenes where I would go to edit it and I would just watch the footage and get angry at myself mm-hmm. and then I had to like go cool off and I'm like, okay, I can try this Aww. again. And I just get mad again and <laughs> I'd have to like go for a walk. Yeah. So it took just like watching the footage all the way through. Cause I'm you know on the day that something is wrong but you don't have the like the bandwidth to to deal with it.
0: Yes. And you don't have the
1: time and then you're in post and you're like, I knew this was wrong. Why didn't I fix it?
0: Uh. I get you. And it's a hard feeling. And I think also just, especially with something like this, where, it, like you're saying, very ambitious, this is mm-hmm. a very ambitious idea and concept. And like, I can kind of see how it maybe wasn't exactly what you were picturing. And I, to me, it's even cooler. Like, you know, as the magic of film, right? Where sometimes you pitch something, it's not what you pictured, but it's something different. And I just, I love the the like DIY feel of the wolf and things yeah. like that, that maybe when you, that maybe were the things that were making you angry when you went in there, when you're like, that's not exactly how I wanted yeah. that to look. And it looks yeah. like whatever, but like, it's actually really char, it has a really, has your touch on it. And I like right. that. I like that. I can see the filmmaker in that way where it's like, I, it makes me, I, also, I just like movies. So I like thinking about <laughs> what the filmmaker's doing, but yeah. It's, I, I,
1: yeah, I think that there's a, I, I used so to don't have Don't be too this hard idea. on yourself is my I, point.
0: <laughs> okay. I'll try. <laughs>
1: um, I, I used to have this thought that they're like you go into shooting and you have this sort of platonic ideal of the movie, and your job is to execute that as perfectly as possible. And there will be compromises, but that is the goal, and anything below that is like a degree of failure. And I think I'm sort of starting to learn that 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 is part of the that accidents can be happy, even if you didn't intend it. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, they're gonna happen. No matter yeah, what. they will happen, and you just have to. Like, use them when they can be used and try your best to mitigate them when they can't.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I also think, like, Celine Sciamma had this quote about, um, you know, just making decisions and, and making decisions early on. Like, mm-hmm. and like, where if, if someone on your crew or your cast asks you a question about the film or asks you why, why something's there or what it's for, it is your responsibility to always have an answer. Like, you should yeah. know the reason. And to me, I feel like that is one of the ways to mitigate that terrible feeling, that, that pit-dropping feeling, is if you know your world and you know, which I feel like you did in this film, I really, yeah, it's like once, if you know what you're trying to create and you know the answers to those questions, like, that's me, yeah. So I, I think that that's, it's it's just filmmaking is so challenging and it's mm. like just having, planning, I guess. And like, it sounds like with the storyboards, those probably seemed like really made this film possible, made it possible to make this. Because it is ambitious, as we talked about. Yeah, yeah like, the, the storyboards, I think, sound like they were just, like, such a, a linchpin to yeah. the whole process. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, we couldn't have... There there was stuff that, that got cut, like, whole scenes, but wow. we couldn't have got what we... Like, we had so much to do every day, so much to shoot, that if we didn't know exactly what we needed, we would not have done it.
0: Yeah. I'm curious about, like, your casting process and working mm-hmm. with the actors, because the actors were also great. The, the guy actor and then, like, him dealing with... He's a wolf. Like, yeah. how did that... How was working with the actors and finding them? What was that process like?
1: Um, I know Eric from, uh, like, on set. He's, he's, like, an actor in Winnipeg that I've worked with in my prop job before. Um, and it was sort of... These guys both know it, so it's, I, I think I can talk about that. But it was between him and one other guy. And it was just, like, I knew they, they, were, both, they were both great actors. And it was just totally different looks. The other guy is, mm-hmm. like, a Ken doll. He's, like... Like, um, like a caricature of a handsome guy, right. and and I thought that might be good in a way, but yeah, something about Eric's eyes, like he has yeah.
0: this.
1: I don't know. He's got. He's also just such a great actor.
0: He has that like miserable, miserable man in a, in the in the, the miserable man look. He, yeah, he
1: has... yeah. He's not miserable. So I don't no, know he's not. I... But the
0: look, the way he looked in the film, the way he was dressed, right, a big yeah. part of it's the. The costuming, mm-hmm. but he. I think that I'm glad you cast him. I think the the He's look great. really worked well. So cool. So last question: Where can we learn um, more about your work? know um, website, Twitter handle, Instagram, whatever you have. Where can we learn more about the cool stuff you're doing?
1: Um, I only have a website. You can. It's just my first name. dot com. Solman. dot
0: S O L M U N D. Yeah. dot com. Yeah. Cool. That's a good URL. Yeah.
1: And other than that, you can probably, if you dig, you could find my phone number or my. <laughs> My home address, um, yeah, I yeah, you can. My email's on there, so if you yeah, if you're interested in talking, you can send me an email.
0: Great, no, that's great. I love that. Emails is the best way to get in touch. Solman, it's been so fun talking to you. you Thank as well. you so much for coming in. We got to chat for a while outside. I feel like it was so much fun meeting you and um, hearing about your creative process and. I'm really excited to see what's next for you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on Nifty 2022 or upcoming events, the talented youth and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at N-F-F-T-Y or on Instagram and TikTok at Nifty Film. For more podcasts from Party Fish Media, search Party Fish Media wherever you listen to podcasts or check out our website at partyfish.media.